You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 145 of the Blended Family Podcast. Lots to talk about today. Uh, Last week, you didn't hear me mention Las Vegas because I had already recorded the show earlier in the week before it happened. And as most of you should know, last week we had the largest mass shooting in the United States at a country concert in Las Vegas. And I won't go into too many details because I'm sure you already know all about it. I don't know how you couldn't. It has been all over the media. And you may remember me talking about the previous largest mass shooting, which was Pulse Nightclub, a place that we've been to many times. And this is just too close to home for me. Up until three or four weeks ago, we actually had tickets to Las Vegas for this particular weekend. We were going to go with our best friends who had gotten us the tickets months ago as a gift. And we ended up canceling right after we were hit with the hurricane because with all of the missing work from the storm, things were kind of hectic and we decided that we just didn't really have the funds to go. So I don't know if we would have been at that concert or not, but both my husband and my best friend are huge country fans, and so it's probable that we would have attended. It was going to be the last night that we were there. We were leaving on a red eye, and maybe we would have been looking for something to do. Who knows? But waking up to the news of the shooting was just very unsettling for me. And then I come to find out that the shooter had a home right here in my town just a couple of years ago in a neighborhood I'm in every week. I have several clients in that neighborhood. It's just crazy. Anyway, my heart and prayers go out truly to all the victims and their families and every single person who was a part of this unfortunate event. I don't know what is going on in the world anymore. I don't know what makes a person have so much hatred inside of them that they want to take somebody else's life. I just don't. One of the hardest things about these tragedies is explaining them to our children. And I don't have an answer for that. My kids are a little bit older and they understand more, but it's still hard. I have no idea how to explain these things to the little ones. My heart hurts. I worry about all of our children growing up in a world like this. You wanna teach them to love people and that people are inherently good. And I'm still gonna do that. But unfortunately, there are just some really evil and lost people in this world. I guess it's important to teach our children that they need to be aware. That's what Sean has always taught the kids. He graduated the police academy years ago. And he teaches them skills that they might need if they're ever in a situation. And I guess that's just something that we all need to think about. And I really want to move on because this is just so depressing, but I couldn't come on here and just not say anything about it. So I will move on. But again, my thoughts and prayers go out and um, I'm I'm sure they're looking for blood donations and uh, monetary donations as well. 
Just a couple of more announcements before we get into today's topic. My coaching prices will be going up as of January. I've kept them super low all this time uh, for the last two years, but I have to charge a reasonable price and it trust me, it will still be affordable. I'm not going to bring it up too extravagantly. But if you want to schedule with me before that happens, before the price goes up, the link again is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. And from now until December 31st, the price is only $65 for an hour session. And I'm also going to work on some bundle prices too, in case you want to purchase several in advance before the price goes up. And I should have that available by November for you. If you have any questions about my coaching or the process, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to speak with you before you book, just so that you can make sure that I'm the right fit. The last thing I wanted to mention is that I'm working on a show for interracial couples. I had put something out in the Facebook group months ago about it, but I kind of got busy with other things. And I know that I have a lot of you over there in the group, but probably many more who aren't in the group, but still listen. I like for my interracial couples to answer some easy questions so that I can use that feedback for the show. And if you want to be a part of that, please just email me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and just put interracial in the subject line. I'll know what it is. And then I will go ahead and email you the questions. And I'll also post this in the group. And the group I am referring to, in case you don't know, is the private Facebook group for my listeners to go to share and give advice. We now have over 600 members in there. So if you're not already there, please join us. We would love to see you there. And that is just blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. And as always, all of the links that I mentioned, I know I mentioned so many, they're always in the show notes if you need them. Okay. So let's get into today's topic, the emotions of the non-custodial parent. I really want to talk about this because I think it's one of those things where people can lack empathy. The custodial parent might say, oh, look how easy my ex has it. They don't have the responsibilities that I do. They could just do whatever they want without being tied down. They have more freedom. Lots of people think that the non-custodial parent has it easy. And yes, maybe certain things are easier, but that doesn't mean they have it easy. And we also have to keep in mind that not all non-custodial parents want to be non-custodial. Some wish that they had more time with their kids. I've been on both sides of this. I had custody of my kids from the time I divorced over 10 years ago, when they were three and five, up until they were each 13 years old. Now I'm the non-custodial, and it's very different. Sean started off being the non-custodial up until his son moved in last year at the age of 17, and then recently his daughter moved in at 14. So not only do I have experience with both scenarios, so does my husband, I also get to see how his experience as a father is different than mine as a mother and how things differ when having custody of young children as opposed to teenagers. Today's show is so that we can understand how others feel. Maybe so we can change our perspective a bit. You guys know that I love to change perspectives. Maybe you can soften to an ex, or maybe you can understand what your own spouse or partner might be going through. Even though many new divorces are resulting in 50-50 custody, many of the older divorces were not set up this way. So let's start with talking about some of those emotions that the non-custodial parent might be feeling. 
Guilt, this one is huge. I feel like more so for those parents of young children, guilt over missing things. Guilt because they can't be there every day to share in the excitements in the child's life. Guilt because they feel the child will get older and they've missed important moments. And hoping that the child doesn't grow up and say to them, I wish you were around more when I was young. I think as parents, guilt is something we all constantly feel anyway right? Did I handle the discipline right? Did I harm my child's self-esteem? Did I pay them enough attention? So the non-custodial parent feels that plus more. And they're constantly feeling guilty because they have fewer moments. And when those moments don't go as planned, they feel bad. Next, shame. This one's mine. I've claimed it. And I do believe the shame factor hits moms more often than dads. Don't you think so? I almost think it only hits moms, but if you are a dad listening who is non-custodial and you feel shame, please let me know. I would love to know if there are dads out there too. But I believe that moms suffer with this because up until recently, moms were always awarded custody while the dads had visitation. So it was very normal for dads to be weekend dads. No one judged them for that. It was just the way things were. But when we see a mom out there who doesn't have custody of her kids, we think, gosh, what's wrong with her? She must be a bad mom. She must be an alcoholic or a mental case. Why else would kids live with their dad? Luckily, things are changing now in the world with that, but it hasn't really gone away. And I've been very open with my struggle with it. See, I know I'm a good mom and I know that there's nothing wrong with me. I know that my kids love me. And they just wanted an opportunity to live with their dad since they'd been with me the whole time. And I also know their other motives, which include some different structure and rules, but not everyone else knows that. The school doesn't know. And every time I have to tell them that my child lives with their dad, I feel ashamed. I feel like I'm being judged or when I tell one of their friend's parents. So yeah, I know the shame piece and I'm working on it. And I know I'm not alone. So to me, that's an important one. Another emotion a non-custodial parent might feel is depression. Same as with guilt. That parent might feel depressed over missing so much in their child's life, not being there every day to share in the normal routines, getting ready for school, learning about their day after school, dinner time, homework, bedtime routines, things that a custodial parent perhaps takes for granted, right? The everyday monotony that a custodial parent feels, the stress of it all, the frustrations of dealing with those things every day, well, a non-custodial parent might dream of having those opportunities. And this isn't to make the custodial feel bad. It's just life. We all complain about things. I did it too. When I had my kids full-time, the daily routine was a nightmare for me. But yet, Sean would look on and watch and wish that he had the chance to have some of that, wish that he had the chance to send his kids off to school in the morning. And it's okay. We only know what we know. And that's why I'm doing this show today so that you can recognize these things. A non-custodial parent can live with so much sadness over not being able to be there all the time for their kids. Sadness over not being able to care for them when they're sick, not being able to comfort them when they're upset or hurt. Next, loneliness. This one is pretty self-explanatory. Sure, maybe there's a new partner or spouse, but that doesn't mean that they're not lonely. When a parent is used to the sound of children's voices and their presence and then that's gone, it can feel lonely, very lonely. And if the non-custodial parent is single, 
then they suffer with loneliness even more. And the custodial parent might say, gosh, I wish I had a night to myself to feel lonely. I can't even go to the bathroom without company. But the parent who's always alone might just long for the company of their children. Next, jealousy. Sure, jealousy is not a great emotion to have, but we all deal with it at times. And a non-custodial parent might feel jealous of their ex and possibly the ex's partner if there is one. Jealous that the ex gets to have all of the moments that they long to have. Jealous that they have custody. Jealous that the ex has more time. And last of the emotions I wanted to talk about is fear. This one was big for Sean because he's a protector and his fear was that he couldn't be there at all times for his kids when they needed him. And that's very common. Fear that something would go wrong and he couldn't fix it. Of course, his kids lived about 45 minutes away, so we weren't close if anything happened. Some of you live out of state from your kids. That's even harder. So yes, a non-custodial parent might experience lots of fear of things, fear of what's going on at the other home and fear of not being there. So those are some of the main emotions a non-custodial parent feels. Of course, that's not all. I'm sure you can think of others like frustration, anger, and many more. And what I'd like to do now is talk about how to help or make things better. And I want to talk to the bio parent for a moment. So if you are the custodial bio parent or even the custodial step parent, even if you're a step parent that lives in a home with a partner who is the custodial parent, I want to tell you five things that you can do to make things easier for the non-custodial. Now that you know some of the emotions they might be experiencing, maybe you can work to not make things more difficult, or at least try not to. And listen, I know that some of you have a lot of anger or hatred or bitterness, and I know there's some situations that are very complicated, but uh, just for the sake of the show and for the sake of this, please listen to my five, five tips. Number one, have empathy. That means try to put yourself in their shoes and imagine how they might feel. Put other feelings of anger or resentment aside here and just focus on how it might feel to be a non-custodial parent. Having empathy really helps you to make decisions that aren't just ruled by your emotions. Number two, don't make it difficult for the bio parent to see or communicate with their child. I'm not saying to allow visitations when it's not their time, but sometimes there might be a special occasion. You can make allowances for things once in a while, but most importantly, don't get in the way of the child and parent communicating. Allow phone calls or FaceTime calls. If you don't like the inconvenience of random calls, you can make a schedule of times that are good. If you're stopping your child and their bio parent from talking, you're hurting your child, and I know that's not what anyone wants to do. Number three, Keep the lines of communication open. Keep the non-custodial parent aware of what is going on in your child's life. As far as things like illnesses, injuries, medical information, you should always notify the other parent. If the shoe were on the other foot, you'd want to know what was going on. Even certain milestones or important things like the loss of a tooth or learning to ride a bike should be shared. You don't have to. But I always believed in doing that. It's just about having respect. The non-custodial parent is already missing a lot. And whether you think they deserve to know these things or not, they are the parent. 
and they'll appreciate hearing about the things that they miss. Number four, be sure to let the non-custodial parent know about school events or games. Purposely not notifying them of a special event in the hopes that they don't show is once again hurting the child. You might think, well, if they want to know, they should be contacting the school. But it's much easier for the custodial parent to just share the information, share sports schedules with them, and share when they have a big event like a recital or concert. Your child would want them to be there. And number five, don't make them uncomfortable at these events. If you're at an open house for school or a game, you don't need to make them uneasy. They likely already feel awkward if they show up not knowing anyone. And maybe you're the one who's actively involved with the school or the other parents at these activities because you're the custodial. And maybe you're even at this event with your new partner. There's no need to purposely sneer or make rude comments or faces just to make them uncomfortable. They probably already are uncomfortable. And adding to that might make them not want to attend again. And you might feel like if they never show up again, that's great. But remember, it's the children that suffer when this happens. And also, please don't gossip about them before or during these events to other parents. It's just not fair for the non-custodial to be judged by others they don't even know just because of what you might be saying. So those are the five tips for the bio parent or the custodial parent or step parent. So now I wanna talk to the partner of the non-custodial, okay? So if you are with someone who's a non-custodial parent, here are five things that you can do to make things easier for them. Number one, offer emotional support because they are going to need it. I already told you some of the emotions they might be feeling. Make sure you're there to lend a shoulder or an ear when they need it. Number two, don't make them feel guilty about spending time with the kids when they have them. They only get them sparingly, so when they do have them, they might want to spend every moment enjoying them. You may be included in this, or you might not. That all depends on your own arrangements and how long you've been together. But the last thing they need is to have you making them feel bad about that. You need to understand the importance of the little time that they have and respect it. I remember when Sean would go every week to see the kids, and on those nights, I allowed him that space. I was actually always invited, but I chose on those times to stay back so that they all had the one-on-one -on -one time together. I was fully engaged with the kids on the weekends, but I wanted them to feel like they did have some time for just dad. Not everyone has to do that. You have to do what feels right to you. Number three. Give them space after drop-offs. When the non-custodial parent is ending their visitation time, they can often feel a surge of depression. They know it'll be a while before they see the kids again, and sometimes that's hard. Again, this isn't everyone, but if your partner struggles with this, understand that it has nothing to do with you, right? Because you might be excited thinking, this is great, we finally have some alone time, but your partner might be feeling melancholy. Don't get frustrated or push them to be happy. Maybe just don't plan anything big on those nights so that they have a chance to transition themselves. We always talk about transitions for the kids, but adults actually go through transition periods as well. Number four, allow your partner to slowly build the relationship with your children without pushing. And this one definitely needs an explanation. This is for those of you who maybe are the custodial parents of your own bio children, but you're with someone who's non-custodial. 
The non-custodial might feel guilty about being able to be with your children all the time, but not with their own. And this can cause some tension or even holding back on the part of your partner. They feel if they get close to your kids, that's somehow taking away from their bio kids. And this can also be worse if your stepkids are jealous too. And I hope this makes sense the way I'm explaining it. Let me use myself as an example again. Sean only got to see his kids every other weekend back then. Yet he was with my girls every single day since we lived together and I had custody of my girls. His daughter had some jealousy issues because my girls got to see her daddy every day when she couldn't. Sean had a hard time initially getting close to my girls because he had so much guilt over this. So just don't push. Allow the relationships to grow organically. Understand that is, that is a difficult situation for your partner. Number five, don't make them feel guilty for needing to communicate with the ex. And I know there are many of you that hate the fact that your partner still talks to their ex. And I get it. But when there are children involved, this is kind of absolutely necessary. Depending on the ages of the kids and what might be going on in their lives, there might be daily or weekly calls. Of course, as the kids get older, the calls should lessen to a certain extent. I know teenagers come with their own share of problems, and so sometimes uh, during a rough patch, the calls might increase. And I agree that the calls should only be related to the kids. There's no reason for excessive calls to talk about personal business, but calls or texts related to the kids are important. If things are uncomfortable for you, you can talk about boundaries and maybe set up certain times or days for these calls so that they don't interrupt your time. But emergencies are going to happen and it's to be expected with raising children. Also, if the ex is calling too much for your taste, it isn't fair to get angry with your partner who has to answer the phone. They can't help it that the ex is calling and they may not feel comfortable ignoring the call in case it is an emergency. And I do always encourage people to text rather than call. That way you don't have to answer right away if it's not important. Plus it doesn't take away so much time, but you'll need to figure that out. And I will add all of those tips in the show notes for you, but I'll just repeat them again for you now. So once again, we had five tips for the custodial bio parent uh, or step parent. And it was number one, have empathy. Number two, don't make it difficult for your child to communicate with the parents. Number three, keep the lines of communication open. Number four, notify them of special events or functions so they can attend. And number five, don't make them uncomfortable at these events. And then we had the five tips for the partner of the non-custodial. And those were number one, offer emotional support. Number two, don't make them feel guilty for spending time with the kids. Number three, give them space after drop-offs. Number four, allow your partner to build a relationship slowly with your kids. Number five, don't make them feel guilty for communicating with their ex. And before we go today, I do have some things to say to the non-custodial parent. If you are listening today, because this show is about you, I want to encourage you today. I know your pain and your struggles very well. I knew them long before I was a non-custodial parent because I watched my own husband go through it. Now I understand from your position, as I am now the non-custodial parent as well, I know what you're feeling. You have to put away the guilt and the shame if it's there. 
it's not going to serve you and you don't deserve it. You're doing the best you can and that's all you can do. Your kids will still love you no matter what. You're their parent. Just because you're not there every day does not make you less. I know it feels that way, but it's not true. You are not less. You are just as important in your child's life. Don't stay away because you feel unimportant. Don't stay away if your ex makes you feel insignificant. You matter. You have every right to be involved and you should fight for that right every single day. Don't forget the importance of phone calls, texts, and FaceTime. You don't have to fade into the background. Maybe things didn't turn out as you expected. Maybe you never thought you'd be a divorced parent, but here you are. Don't let that break you. There are non-custodial parents everywhere who are making a difference in their child's lives every day, and so will you. And to everyone listening, I hope that today's show helps to give you a bit of perspective on what it feels like to be a non-custodial parent. We really don't know what it's like to walk in another person's shoes, and that's why I like to do shows like this. I think it helps us to be more compassionate towards one another. And with everything going on in the world today, I think compassion is just what we need. If you like today's show, please share it. And I'd love some new iTunes reviews if you can. That helps me to be seen more in there so that other people can find the show. Feedback or questions can be sent to me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. And I'll be back next week with another show. I love you all, and I hope that you have a fantastic week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.